I want to uh, kind of go, I just want to read a couple of scriptures from last week. This is Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, 15. Exercise foresight and be on watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing, in order that no root of resentment, deep-seated ill will, bitterness or hatred, shoots or springs up, comes out of your heart and causes trouble and bitter torment, and many become contaminated and defiled by it. And it's that thing that, you know, I think the Holy Spirit would, t- would trigger in us anything that's unresolved, anything where there's not been, you haven't been had the ability to forgive. Because when that thing stays in us, it, it troubles us, but it troubles the people around us. And especially if we are supposed to be agents of the Holy Spirit, releasing his love through us as Christians. And if we're not able to forgive, there's a big block and us receiving and giving, even receiving for, for ourselves. Jesus said, if we don't forgive others, we, we stop and block the forgiveness that we need. But I think more than ever in our day and age where there's so much anger, bitterness, there is so much road rage and hostility in homes, there is so much frustration of the powerlessness going on around us in every area that anger and bitterness can be such uh, tools of the enemy to, to really tie a Christian's hands and their effectiveness, and they're experiencing the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit really wants to reveal himself more and more. And so I, I wanted to bring this up again today because I felt like it was such a big thing and that we would just even pray right now. And, and if you feel like there's something there, like maybe you even prayed about it, I tell you the Holy Spirit wants to lift this off of us. I think about the springtime in my yard. I don't know about your yard, but when, when the ground is moist and, you know, the warm weather starts to come, all the weeds start coming, and I go, and I have to pull them out one by one. But if I go when the, when the, when the ground is moist and that dirt is soft, they pull right out from the root. And when, when I wait too long, I pull the top off, and it's, it comes back stronger. It's the same thing with bitterness in our heart. It's the same thing that the enemy would rob us over and over as for, for the power that God wants to release in us as believers, the power to love. The greatest power in our society today is the power of Jesus Christ and God's love flowing through us. And we and our community and what goes on around us, we need God's love. We need to be able to forgive and love, and we need to be able to be free from those things that have happened. You know, even uh, things that we've gone through as believers, disappointments, um, un- unex- um, expectations that are not met, places of, of prayers that have gone a long time unanswered, we can begin to shift our, our bitterness even towards God, where we serve him and we do the right thing, but our heart is far from God. We give him religious service. We do all the right things. We may even tithe and give our money. But deep in our heart, there's a separation. Wherever bitterness is, it builds a wall of protection because it doesn't want to be hurt again. And it's like allowing that that root to go deeper and deeper. And I really believe that God wants to pull those roots. And so let's just take a minute and let's just pray about that. And if there's something on your heart, let's just surrender it. Here's here's a verse to, to, to really go on. Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, and bad temper, resentment, anger, and animosity, quarreling, brawling, noisy outbursts be released. Let it go. And we think, wow, 
it's easy to say let it go. But if you've carried this thing for a long time and you know what it is, God can give you the grace to let it go today so that in its place, God can pour in the love and the forgiveness that we all need and the hope and the power of the Holy Spirit releasing through us the love and the gifts that he has that are going to far outweigh what bitterness try to do to, to keep us as captives. Lord, we just come to you again today, this morning, and just being mindful of what you brought up last week and just looking at it again. Lord, we ask you to search our hearts. And we're asking you to pull any roots, God, that would just defile us and defile other people, that would affect us and affect other people, that would hurt us because of our testimony and hurt ourselves, that would hurt our families, Lord, that would hurt our marriages, that, that would hurt our relationship with our children, those places that we've lost or had uh, been wounded or grieved, those places that we've built an encampment around to protect ourselves, and yet we don't let the love of God come out because of that thing. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to be faithful and to pull it right now. Remove this from us. Set us free in every way. Lord, I pray that people would even experience just a new ability to receive. God, a new flow from heaven to us and being able to receive all the good things naturally and spiritually that you have for us. And God, we just dedicate, Lord, just the remaining time that you would speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come to our hearts. Come past our own understanding. Come past what we know about you, what we've experienced about you, what even is contrary to what we know your Bible says. I pray that you would uh, separate us from uh, thoughts and doctrines that are wrong. Separate us from religious experiences in our past that might hinder us from believing and, and having a faith that is overcoming and being able to use gifts that you have for us. God, we're asking you to come to the deepest places of where we live. Come and bring the reality of who you are into us, Lord, because we live in such a contrary world. Lord, our five senses are const in constant contradiction to what your word says and what you want to do in the spirit. Come to us today, Lord. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. This is, uh, I want to continue my message, but it's going to be, the title is, What is the Holy Spirit Teaching Me? And I, I want to talk today about the Holy Spirit as the teacher. Um, our key verse today is John fourteen twenty six, and I'm reading it out of the New King James. Jesus said, and he's talking to, you know, his disciples and followers, and he's also talking to all those who are going to come, all of us who are going to believe in Jesus Christ since he came. And Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, when the Father will send in my name, he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. How, how important it is to realize that there's a transition that, that is happening. Um, maybe, I guess, maybe, maybe you can think of some teachers that you've known or maybe even teachers that you've had and they, they pass off, they die. And so there's another uh, generation of teachers that are always being reproduced. Maybe some of you are, are teachers now and uh, you're standing in the place that you once saw other teachers stand in. You know, Jesus Christ came and he was the word that became flesh and he revealed truth to us and he brought God's word to us. 
But he also is telling us in this verse that we're using as our key scripture that there was going to be another teacher that comes along would even be greater and that he would bring us into more truth. But he'd also cause us to remember all the truths that Jesus brought to us. And I'm, my prayer today has been for you guys and, and even for myself that we have a greater understanding of who is with us right now. It'd be different if we seen Jesus walk in the room. We'd have a deep connection because of our five senses, because of this world we're living in, to know that while Jesus is here, we would be all over him. We'd be dogpiling on each other trying to get to Jesus. But if we could get the revelation of what Jesus is teaching us, that the teacher is with us. The teacher, if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and you've been born again because you've put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross, the Holy Spirit has come to you and he's living inside of you. And again, all that comes against our faith in that is our five senses. It comes, all the distractions, everything that we live with in this natural life comes against my understanding and my feelings that, hey, the helper, the truth, the teacher of the Holy Spirit is right here. I think we would just breathe a lot easier as we face the opposition that is in our life and in our world and even the opposition that we might come into understanding as we're pressing in to do God's will, that wait a second, God is with me. The Holy Spirit is that representative. Even though I don't see him, he's right there with me. You know, last week, Dean read this. This is just a couple of verses out of what he read. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 15 through 17. Paul wrote, Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer for them, live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, according to their human person, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh as a human person. Yet now we know him like that no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Again, the disciples and the apostles had to come to this realization that Jesus they had walked with and knew in, in the physical realm was gone. So they had to go through that renewal in their own understanding that I now deal with God in a spiritual level. I deal with him, my spirit to his spirit. And it's almost like uh, putting blinders on your eyes and kind of ignoring your senses and learning to tune in your heart, that, that inward place where our heart, our spirit is where the Holy Spirit resides. In our communion, because God is spirit, it's spirit to spirit. And so how he speaks to us through the word and through being in fellowship, uh, being in a worship service, being in a meeting where you're praying, it, it, it just uh, awakens that spiritual sensitivity that God gives us at the new birth. When God's love is extended to us and we feel his love, when we're, we're tired of the way we live and we realize we're sinners and we come to the realization that Jesus died to set us free from that, to cause our spirit to be made alive, that's when it all changes. And that's when this whole new nature starts. And again, in this moment, we're alive in this world. And so this is all we know. But we realize that when a person dies as a believer, there's another whole spiritual realm that they go into that we don't have any understanding about because we have not seen it. We have not experienced it. And so it's so important that we keep growing spiritually. It's so important that we realize that the Holy Spirit is now going to be the greatest teacher in my life and that he's going to walk with me this whole life 
until he passes me off into eternity with and I'm with Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. John 16, 13 through 15. Jesus promises us, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will make of mine and declare it to you. Again, that shows the great importance about, importance about waiting on God, being open to the Holy Spirit. And it's not always just shoving doctrine down, down into your mind, but it's prayerfully reading the word of God and asking the Holy Spirit, the teacher, to reveal the scriptures. A lot of times, even in our five senses, we can be excited to look into some different kind of topic and, you know, just get excited about, you know, some spiritual doctrine or, or, or something that is appealing to us. And those are neat times. But it's so important to meet with the Lord daily. And in your Bible reading, specifically ask the Holy Spirit what he's trying to build in your, in your life and in your faith. You know, we put our kids in school, we uh, dress them a certain way, and we dress them appropriately to, you know, their age and everything. Like, we don't put, like, uh, 20-year-old clothes on, on a baby. You know, we put a little outfit on. It's important to understand our spiritual growth and what God wants to do. And not necessarily even be uh, watching what someone else is experiencing or what, what's going on with them. We're all unique believers, and we have an indi- individual relationship with Christ, so it's important to let to have the Holy Spirit tracking with where you're at. You're on your own growth curve with him. And he's the one that decides how fast you're going to grow. Sometimes, again, we aspire to be what, like someone else or have what they're, what they're having. But really, if he calls us individually and the Holy Spirit gives to each one of us the gifts that are for us, then he has a path for us to walk. And he has a timeline for us to uh, be involved in that he is going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our life individually. So again, it's so important to realize the Holy Spirit is your personal trainer. He's your personal mentor. He's the personal one that has this overview of your life. Why? Because we just read it. God is uniquely downloading to the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit everything that he has for us. Let's read that whole that, that section again. John 16, 13 through 15. Jesus promises us, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. It's important with all the wrong doctrines and different things that that are constantly being thrown out there to bring confusion to people. And when there's a lot of conflicting messages going on, as in our human uh, thinking, we get overwhelmed and we just kind of go into a disconnect and sometimes we just unplug and pull back. But it's important that we don't get confused and overwhelmed by all the teachings and everything going on. But again, we we have to realize that the Holy Spirit is going to guide me. And he's going to, um, move on me and if there's any wrong doctrines in my life if I've learned in my early years anything wrong spiritually that as I humbly wait on him and trust and as I read his word he's going to reprogram me and that's what's so neat even about today if we've had bitterness or we've had different things that God's working on and we let it go today with the power of the Holy Spirit 
We are, diff- we are literally a new person. We might even shock some of the people around us in our families today because our, all of a sudden there's been a, a, a dramatic Holy Spirit change in us and we begin to act like different people. It's a supernatural work because God has recreated us and we're being conformed into the image of Christ. And so we are gaining and being restored in Christ-like character. And so I really believe we're going to see shocking changes in our families of how we are because the Word of God is transforming us. He's creating us to be loving people where maybe we weren't loving people. Maybe we weren't forgiving people. We weren't open people. We were judgmental. We were cautious. We were uh, maybe vindictive and hateful. We're going to be loving and forgiving because somehow we're trusting God more and more in our relationships. We're confident in what he's doing so far, so we're going to give him a little bit more of our trust, realizing he's doing a good job and letting the new man out. So he will guide us into all truth, for he, the Holy Spirit, will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. You know, sometimes, too, I don't know about you, but in my relationship with God, since I surrender my life and, you know, I pick up the cross and I'm following Jesus, sometimes I have a lot of expectations of God to, I want to hear you more. Come on, speak to me. You know, do you ever get like that? Where, Come on, give me more, give me more. And he, he gives us really what he thinks we can handle. And sometimes if we're not dealing with the last thing he said to us, he's not talking because he gave us a big nugget and either he wants to pull something out of our foundation or, or put something new in there. And until we let that place be there, he knows he can't build on that foundation. And so we humbly walk with him and trust him. That's why it's so important to take your time with the Lord and again, acknowledge him about your life and acknowledge him about what you're doing. But if you generally know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm working my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. When you get out of your prayer time and you start walking, you just walk in faith that whatever God does today, whatever relationships or people brings by, that you can just rest and that you're in God's will. And because you're open to him and because you're having a relationship with him, if he wants to say anything different, he's going to speak to you. So it's interesting that the Holy Spirit, even though he's a person and he's a representative of the Godhead and is part of the Godhead, he has totally submitted his own will to God. And so he doesn't even speak anything to us but what God has for him to speak. So it's interesting that he alone trusts God even in, again, orchestrating the growth in our spiritual life. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. I love those moments where there are dynamic prophetic moments. And, and if you haven't had any, you're going to have some. I can remember, again, being single and having prayed about that person God was going to bring to me. And I remember when me and Dory met, it was the most profound experience, one of the most profound experiences I had in my life. Because when we met at a meeting at Juvenile Hall, it was like a knowing, this is the person you're going to be with. And it was like, whoa. You know, you don't know anything about it. You barely know their middle name. You, you, you've had a couple of words with them, but it's something that God profoundly done. That's the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit. You know, in all the years I had prayed and, and the 10 years I had said, God, I know you want to use my life and you want, you want permission to have my life. And I, I asked to be, Lord, you're giving me eternal life. Okay, you can have my life. Whatever you want to do with it. And I'm on, I'm on this progression of growing, you know, and I'm working. And to see him say, this is the person after 10 years of prayer. 
to be able to trust that the Holy Spirit speaks, those are great things. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, you can bank on it. And in the times where it was difficult being married, you know, when there's difficulties and struggles in personality, to trust in what God said. Those of you who are going through conflicts in your marriage, if you are married to someone, that's God's will for you right now. And you just pray and you say, God, keep working on us, keep changing us. Be open to let God speak prophetically even about your relationship and how to make it better. God, through the Holy Spirit, is the one that empowers us and he speaks to us. So I love it. He will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me. Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will glorify him. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. I just love those times where, you know, you're reading along and then the Holy Spirit just takes a nugget of truth that you may have read 10, 15 times or over the years many times and he takes it and he declares it where somehow it gets so much deeper in your spirit that it resonates inside of you that the word becomes rhema, it becomes alive, it becomes flesh. It's no longer something I'm reading in my mind. Yeah, that sounds good. But somehow deep in your spirit, that word is declared and it becomes part of who you are. I can remember when we had, Jerry mentioned that we had half this church. There's a set of doors right here and the church literally kind of ended right here and there's that room over here. And we had 75 chairs right here. And I can remember, it was one of those, in the first year that we were here in 201. And I remember sitting, I was sitting like we said, we sat up in the front over here. I remember worshiping and I remember God said to me, I am going to make this place big. We're talking 12 years ago he said that. I started crying because I knew, I mean, I don't have any ability. I was, in fact, I was thinking this is something, okay, God, we did this. You're humored. Church is not going to last. I, I can go do something else, but I did it your way. It folded. He said what he was going to do. He's done it. But I can tell you in this 12 years, all the things that we've gone through, um, at times we wondered if it was going to work. That word that he said to me, that word the Holy Spirit said to me, I was wondering, are you really? Are you really going to grow this church? Are you really going to grow people and cause them to experience you? You know? He, he does. He will. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. The Spirit's ministry is not only directed to believers and to the world, but also to Christ. What the Spirit teaches, he draws from and conveys in the authority of Christ, and he glorifies Christ in all that he does. True ministry in the Holy Spirit never serves as, private agen as a private agenda, rather working in us and through us. He never exalts himself, but he continually glorifies Christ and glorifies the Father. I guess that's the aspect of the Godhead that Jesus talked about, about he came as a servant. And when you think of, um, you know, all the people who get into authority today or, you know, the people who are maybe power hungry or power crazy, that God, who represents himself, he comes humbly and he lives inside of us. And even the authority he gives us and even his power, he submits his gifts to us that we can stop them if we don't want to give them. What humility the Holy Spirit brings to us. Isn't that the kind of teacher you want to have involved in your life? 
Isn't that the kind of teacher you want to listen to? Isn't that the kind of teacher that you want to really become obedient to? Someone who's serving you and loving you and just bringing the best that God has to you? Remember I gave you this verse last week. Jesus said this in Luke 6:40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So the Holy Spirit is taken over for Jesus. And he wants us to be discipled by the Holy Spirit. He wants us to submit under our teacher so that when we're perfectly trained and perfectly worked on and changed by the Holy Spirit, we're going to be like him. We're going to be like Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-14. The Holy Spirit teaches. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as he anointed to write, he wrote this. It is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. And you have to stop right there before you read the next. It means there are people who are dead spiritually out there right now. They're disconnected from God. They're not responding to the gospel. They're not responding to God's love. And they're not seeing the things that God has prepared for them. They don't have a love right now flowing from their heart. I was thinking about a person that I met a few years ago and got a chance to witness to. Very incredible person, very uh, gifted, you know, humanitarian, just cared about people, gave her, gave her life a lot of times to just go on missions and stuff. And, and she was so disconnected from the love of God. And, and she had no ability, the people who talked to her, she had no ability to receive the truth about the gospel. She thought it was like, not, wasn't real. And so to me, that, that was an example of what Paul was saying in this first section. But verse 10 changes, and he goes on to say, But God has revealed them to those through the Spirit. God has revealed those truths, those things that God has prepared for us. They're revealed to us by the Spirit. I think of Matthew um, 16, 13 through 17, where Jesus asked his disciples, Who am I? And, you know, Peter has a revelation. You are the Christ. And Jesus tells him, Flesh and blood didn't tell you, but my Father who is in heaven. And there's a revelation also in Luke 21. After Jesus had sent out the 70, they came back. And Jesus reminds them, you know, that God had revealed to them his power and his presence. And so it's by that personal revelation that the Holy Spirit gives to us where we keep tracking with the Lord and we keep following him, we keep obeying and we keep growing in our faith because we have this real relationship with a God we cannot see. And when we want to feel him, when we want to experience him, we, always, we can't always grab a hold of those feelings. We can't always get our five senses to line up and feel some kind of, uh, like, something we can hang on to with our, with our physical senses that we can lean on. Verse 10. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, I think it's so often, too, where you're going to come out of your relationship with God. If you're really spending some time and your really heart is up with him, where you're going to know you connect with him, but you're not necessarily going to have any natural understanding. 
But when you spend time with God and you know your spirit is connecting with him and you know you're being nourished, you are growing and you are getting deeper in God. And your spirit is preparing for eternity and preparing for your future and how God will use your gifts and your abilities. Verse 11 says, Paul goes on, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? It's like, yeah, you know, you can know your family and you can know a friend, but only that person really knows from their own spirit who they are, what they think, what their goals, what their values are, what their purposes are. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You know, um, the Holy Spirit brings about the confidence about this relationship through adoption. You know, Dory really likes to watch the little people, the little couple on the TLC. And that, you know, that little gal, she's a, she's a surgeon and works with babies and everything. And, you know, they recently adopted a child like them with their same, you know, deformities. And this child has just been brought in. They wanted a child. This orphanage wanted to have children out. So there was this agency that connected them. And so here's Romans 8, 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you have received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption. The sonship by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with us and with our spirit that we are God's children. So when we receive Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is that agent that connected us with God. And you have to see it, that same, same thought about adoption, how the agency puts two people together, the child and the parent. The Holy Spirit is the agency that confirms our connection with God our Father and all the inheritance and blessing that is ours through him. And that Holy Spirit, that teacher, is walking with you and me every moment of the day especially in those times when we feel far from him or we feel like we're guilty or we feel like we're not getting it, hang in there. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep praying. Above all, keep praying. Keep knocking on the door. Keep asking for that revelation. Verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know all the things that have been freely given to us by God. Again, don't let people tell you what you can have or you can't have in God. Be open. If people told you different gifts weren't for you or God doesn't do this anymore, throw it all away. Be open for God to continually be able to do the miraculous and impossible. If we keep an open mind and an open attitude, if we remain like a child, like a child with open, wide-eyed expectancy, God can lead us in the ways that we want. And we're not going to be affected by unbelief. Unbelief is a killer to hearing from God and living on the edge. We are praying and believing that God is going to do more of the miraculous. Why? Because we're open to him and we're asking the Holy Spirit to teach us. We're asking the Holy Spirit for each person here to empower them with their gifts, to awaken them to those gifts that they might be able to operate to their fullest extent. And then we're going to see more of the activity of God because we're walking with God and we're producing those fruits that the Holy Spirit is causing to happen in us. 
The Spirit teaches these things we also speak, not with words of man's wisdom and that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Human wisdom can be dangerous to spiritual growth because, again, it's dependent on your head. But we have to submit our mind and our emotions, even our trying to figure out God's word, to let the Holy Spirit teach us and train us. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And here's a quick explanation. The natural man is unregenerated. That means he's not born again. He's devoid of the Spirit. His spirit is dead to God because he hasn't received Jesus Christ. He's clueless of Jesus and spiritual things. Also, he has no appreciation for the gospel, and he's disconnected. He's not home. The spiritual man is regenerated. He's born again. His spirit is alive, according to uh, John 3. His spirit, um, and they're growing. They're possessing spiritual maturity, and they're growing in their love for God and their love for other people. That's a spiritual man. Their new spiritual nature responds to truth. Unbelievers find them difficult to understand. Are you like that? The, maybe you, since you got saved, are people around you not figuring you out and figure out what trip are you on? What happened to you? The carnal man. Okay, here's sometimes where we kind of get stuck as Christians. The carnal man is born again, perhaps a new believer. He's regenerated in Christ, but living as an unbeliever. They have childish ways. They have jealousy, having a spirit that is maybe clicky. They can be rebellious, sectarian, intolerant. They gather those around them with the same spiritual views, kind of f- afraid that anything's going to change in them. They're drawn to human opinion rather than the spirit-controlled life. Um, we have five minutes. I think we'll close there. E, would you guys come and do some worship? Maybe you're here today and you know, you haven't never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. And, you know, you're, you're hungry. You're looking for more. You want more. Asking Jesus Christ to come into your life is just realizing, you know what? I can't be a good person. I don't have the ability, and I want more. And so we come and receive what Jesus already did on the cross. He died for our sins. So when we ask him to come into our lives, we're believing that he died for our sins almost 2,000 years ago. And so his blood covers all of our sins. And what happens when we say, yes, Jesus, I know you died for me. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Immediately, the Bible says, when we ask him to come in, our spirit is made alive because we receive what Jesus did by dying for us personally. He became sin for us. And so when we receive what he did, we're made alive. And so that's called being born again. So if you're here today, and you've never made that decision, and you're feeling like this tug on your heart, you feel like you need to make that commitment, come up and we'll pray with you, and you can be born again today and start living a new life.